So, Rachel. Yeah. When visiting a colony, the crew of the Enterprise falls under the influence of space spores. Ooh. What do you think is going to happen? Space spores. Hopefully a sequel to Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Could this be a musical episode? Uh, no. No. Oh. We have a Vaseline-lensed blonde in the picture on mm-hmm. Netflix. That's yeah. not giving much away. No. Under the influence of spores. So will they be blissed out, calm and culty again? So soon after Taste of Armageddon? Yeah. yeah. Mm, or spores that make them serve the plant. Oh. Or make them aggressive or want to reproduce so the spores will spread. Oh. Uh, or make them want to attract bees. <laughs> this is a tough one. <laughs> Well, we're in for a ride, that's for sure. Rachel watches Star Trek. Captain's log, stardate 3417.3. We thought our mission to Omicron SETI 3 would be an unhappy one. We had expected to find no survivors of the agricultural colony there. Apparently, our information was incorrect. Mm. Huh, so Kirk and the crew thought they were going to find dead people, but guess what? Live people! Ah, very live. I guess This Side of Paradise, the name of the episode, keeps you living. Living for it! (laughs) I'm living for it. I know I was living while watching it because... It's an awesome episode. I, being Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you're listening to... Rachel Watches Star Trek. Well, what's... Instead of uh, goofing around, I want to get into this episode because there is a lot to talk about. Do this. It starts off with the Enterprise arriving on a planet, Omicron SETI-3. They were supposed to check in on the planet since it had been bombarded by the deadly Berthold Rays. Mm. Not real. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Colonists should have been dead, but guess what? Nope, not dead. What's going on here? What's happening? Mystery afoot. They aren't getting any communication from this planet, so they decide to beam down. Now, the radiation will kill you long term, but they'll be fine for a week before the rays start to affect them. (laughs) Good old Star Trek. Staring eventual death rays in the face. (laughs) Everything in moderation, eh? (laughs) They're definitely going to get stuck down there. Yeah. So the Beamdown crew is Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Sulu, DeSalle, and Kelowitz. It's such a dangerous planet, albeit it'll take a week to kill them. <laughs> Do they really need to send down the captain, their only doctor, plus what's Spock, the uh, chief, second in command? Second in command, yes, yeah. The, the first and second in command of the ship <laughs> go down to the planet. But it, I don't want them to not be there. Of course, yeah. I mean, we brought this up a little bit last week, but yeah. that's kind of something you just have to deal with. Just deal with the dream team are going to be showing up everywhere. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it doesn't really make any sense that the captain of the ship would go leave the ship yeah. and the first officer. But they love each other, so they go everywhere together. <laughs> what kind of thing would kill you after a week but wouldn't kill you after a couple of days um well like Like i mean constant binging on alcohol sure staying awake i guess sure or i mean even sunlight being out in the sun yeah you can be out in the sun for a bit and it's not going to bother you but if you're out in the blazing sun for you know 20 minutes without any protection it'll it'll kill you so so what kind of protection could you wear against the sun chris (laughs) sunscreen Hmm. <laughs> Do they bother with anything to protect them against the rays? They said that there was nothing. Nothing that could protect would work. Them. Okay. Fair they enough. said they said Spock goes. There's nothing that could protect them. Okay. So they're gonna get it. 
that, that I like. At least they're giving us the reasoning. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was thorough. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. So the Beamdown location looks like a farm in Southern California, circa 1890. There are stables, but no horses. And they are greeted by a guy in green coveralls called Elias Sandoval. Now, this guy is happy to see Kirk and the gang. Yeah. Uh, they say their subspace radio malfunctioned, so they couldn't respond to any calls that were being sent out because they didn't know. The radios mm. don't work. I'm calling the bullshit on that. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> McCoy is pretty cheeky here. He says, on pure speculation, just an educated guess, I'd say that man is alive. <laughs> Good doctrine. Spock is very confused here because uh, these people should be dead. They should have been dead uh, years ago mm. uh, because there is no cure or protection from the rays. This is impossible. Illogical. In the house, they meet this gel lens blonde woman named Layla. She's a botanist and she and Spock had been in some kind of relationship in the past. Well, there were feelings anyway. Yeah, at least on her part. She says that she loved him, but he couldn't love her even though he's half human. Hmm. But Spock conveys so much history and held back emotion through his blank stare somehow. Yeah. Could really see it was affecting him to see her again. Because she goes... Hi, Spock. Mm. And then he just doesn't respond. He just looks, he looks at her. But you can tell. Yeah. Can't you? There's something going yeah. on for him. Some good, good acting here. Mm. I gotta, it's, Nimoy's bringing it. Uh, Wait till you see him smile. Oh, I know. Wow, I know we've only had that once with those funny plants in one of the first episodes. Oh, right. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Bit of a theme there, isn't it? I see, yeah, that's Mm. true, yeah. When we were watching this, I was uh, bagging on everything looking so 19th century. Yeah, you were. And then that's weird for a space colony in Mm. the future, but it turns out, according to Sandoval, they're space Amish. (gasps) Spamish! Spamish! (laughs) (laughs) They gave up technology, they have no vehicles, no weapons, and they love their lifestyle. Mm, Going off grid. You'd hate that. Of course I would hate that. (laughs) I love technology. It's wonderful. He says, we have harmony here, complete peace. So over to Sulu, he notices that there are no animals, even though they brought animals with them Mm -hmm. when they originally came on the colony ship. So where are the animals? That's creepy. Run! (laughs) (laughs) We get a little scene with Layla and Sandoval together without the rest of the Enterprise crew. And he asks her if she wants Spock to stay. And she says, there is no other choice. He will stay. It's a bit ominous. After McCoy examines the colonist, he is a bit stumped. Turns out they are in perfect health. And more than that, they have no scars from previous injuries. Wow. Sandoval had his appendix removed and it had grown back. Yikes. (laughs) You would have an appendix, tonsils and a foreskin. (laughs) (laughs) How would you like to be reunited with those? Uh, I uh, don't miss any of those things. So... uh, yeah, pass on that technology. Yeah, really funny. So d- did all those guys... <laughs> the Foskins grew back? Did if they, they grow back? If, were they, they probably not. Probably weren't probably circum- not circumcised in, the in Americans by then, yeah. No, I don't know. Boy, that's... Uh, <laughs> something to think about Something then. to think about. <laughs> I wonder if that's in Star Trek canon anywhere. <laughs> I wonder if that's in slash fiction anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. After some time passes, we find that Kirk contacted a Starfleet command and they have ordered him to evacuate the colonists. Sandoval tells them they are going to leave. That kind of flummoxed Kirk a bit. When Sandoval says it, he's very cheery. He just kind of disregards the orders and goes <laughs> yeah. on about his business. Kirk does not like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not used to that, is he? Uh, McCoy reminds him of the Berthold raids, but Sandoval's like, we've been here for years. We're fine. Yeah. Oh, and he goes, well, what about the animals? And he goes, mm. well, we're vegetarians and none of us have died. From well, they're, they're vegans, really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They have no animal byproducts whatsoever. 
Kirk goes, well, what happened to the animals? San- Sandoval just kind of dodges the question. Mm. And he insists on staying on the planet. Do they address that later? They don't address it, what happened to the animals. But I'm assuming what happened was that the spores didn't work on the animals. They only worked on the people. Mm, yeah. Outside, Layla is taking Spock towards a very odd rubber-looking plant. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to be otherworldly, but it looks really fake and out of place, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. They could have cobbled it together from some organic materials rather than spray-painted foam, yeah. but yeah, well, at least it stands out. It's a space plant. It shoots spores into Spock's face. He seems hurt at first, and mm. Layla is worried. She says it didn't hurt them, and Spock, groaning in pain, reminds her he is not like her. Oh. In a moment, Spock is okay, and he smiles and says that he loves Layla. Layla says, you're one of us now, and they full-on kiss. Ooh, yay, some Spock hot, gets some action. Hot mackin' going on there. <laughs> Kirk calls Spock on the communicator, but he's too busy smashing face with this girl and doesn't seem <laughs> doesn't have time for lame-ass Jim Kirk. He's really informal, calling Kirk Jim. Mm, doesn't normally do that, does he? No. He's letting it all hang out. <laughs> McCoy. <laughs> Cheeky good time Spock's in the building. <laughs> McCoy and Kirk notice the difference and are concerned. Spock just drops the communicator to keep getting it on. Good for you. Kirk uses the communicator to track down Spock uh, and he finds him smiling and hanging from a tree. <laughs> Also now wearing a green coverall oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. He managed to do a costume change, which makes me think he got, <laughs> he got totally naked. naked. Yeah. yeah. Spock says, I'm done with Starfleet and I'm staying here. Kirk orders him arrested and Spock just kind of smiles and shrugs and goes, hey, you should come over here and look at these flowers. <laughs> the flowers blast spores into Sulu and Kelowitz's face, but Kirk is a bit behind them, so he doesn't seem to get a good blast. <laughs> But Sulu and Kelowitz get into it. They they like the spores. <laughs> oh, of course they do. Meanwhile, McCoy and DeSalle are also infected and they're beaming plants up to the Enterprise. <laughs> so Kirk beams back to the Enterprise, but everyone has been sporified. It seems when the plants got on board, the spores were carried into the ventilation system. Oh, oh come on, guys. You've got an alien plant here. Maybe you didn't know they were jizzing on everyone and spacing <laughs> them out. But how many times have you beamed anything aboard that turned out to be fine? Yeah. How many times will you endanger the whole ship by refusing to... To quarantine yeah but now i'm thinking actually they were doing it on purpose weren't they oh the guys on the planet were yeah it's so the people on the on the receiving end who exactly but then i suppose they got jizzed on straight away as soon as the plants got up there I... then they put them near the ventilation i'm willing to suspend disbelief here on this <laughs> yeah. but this may if... be the one case but in which it makes sense actually <laughs> <laughs> well it doesn't make sense because you would think that they would have quarantine protocols in, well anyway in yeah like you couldn't beam up any foreign thing yeah onto the general population of it would have to be sealed in some kind of container and then maybe mm. it would be transported or the transporter room would be sealed off or you know something like that yeah you're not even supposed to take cheese from places on the plane exactly <laughs> places very specific I'm sure that the lax protocols were because... Because stories. Story. So Kirk orders Uhura to call Starfleet, but she casually says that she can't. She sabotaged the communication systems. (laughs) (laughs) She's all gazy and blissed out too. She doesn't actually get to have much fun though, unfortunately. No. They only have short range communications to talk to the colony. Everyone on the ship is beaming down to the planet. No one is listening to Kirk. Mutiny! It's time for another shore leave as far as they're concerned. (laughs) McCoy is on the planet drinking a mint julep. Mm -hmm. He's got this way over the top southern (laughs) accent all of a sudden. It's like turned up to 11. Yeah, it's great. I do declare. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like, what's going on? That's what happens when he relaxes. <laughs> I love it. No longer hissing insults through his teeth is going to all drawly on us. Uh, yeah, yeah sure. I hope that stays. Mm, well, mm-hmm. no. Kurt tries to talk to Spock, but Spock just isn't having it. He explains that the spores don't just make you high. They protect you from the deadly Berthold rays. Mm. He says the plants traveled through space and found a symbiotic relationship with the colonists. Oh, like Audrey too and Seymour. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Started off symbiotic anyway. The plants give you peace of mind and also perfect health. Mm. Kirk says humans weren't meant for that. If, if man stagnates, he has no challenges to drive him or motivation. Spock says that Kirk just doesn't understand. Hmm. Kirk just sits on the bridge all by himself trying to figure out what to do. He can't pilot the ship by himself. He can't fix the communications. The ship will work for a few months on its own, but then the orbit will decay. A few months, no urgency then. Just let them all have a good time for a bit, Kirk. <laughs> Will Kirk just let them have a good time for a bit? I he won't. He won't. No, you gotta, you gotta sort this out Aww, right away. I'm, come on. I'm, I'm with him on Give this Give him a one. week. Then a plant that happened to be on the bridge, uh, one that he threw earlier in a rage, <laughs> pops up and blasts him in the face. Finally, Kirk is happy. Aww. He calls down to Spock and says, "He gets it. I'm, <laughs> I'm one of you now." Spock is happy for him, and Kirk says, "I'm just gonna pack up some stuff and beam right down." Funny to me that he packs up three of his green shirts. He's got three of them? Well, the, the wrap-over The wrap-over tops, yeah. Because they show it. I was like, wow, he really does love those green wrap-over tops. Yeah, well, yeah. You, you don't know if there's a laundry down there. Uh, <laughs> it was quite tense at that point, wasn't it? Even though I was enjoying his blissed-outness. How were they going to get out of this one? Yes. Yeah, me too. I was like, wait, how is this? I don't see this resolving itself. Yeah, the last man standing's gone. But once he gets to the transporter room, by sheer force of will... <laughs> yeah, it doesn't last long. He bursts out of that stupor. <laughs> Such a badass. And a party pooper. Yes. He screams and then he hits stuff. But then finally he's fine. And he realizes his violent emotions, you know, and being angry burns the spores out of your system. Mm. So Kirk has a plan. <sighs> However, he needs Spock to help him make this plan a reality and he's got to be careful because spock is much stronger than a normal human but how is he going to make spock of all people angry well that's a tough call if spock's happy might as well maybe he could be angry too Mm. it's quite reasonable to me so he calls down to spock and tells him that he needs some help with some of the big things he needs to bring down to the colony and he's still pretending to be infected and spock agrees and he beams up after he beams up kirk just starts calling spock's really mean names Mm. and also gets pretty racist yeah. as well with him. He also calls him a freak that Layla could never love. And this gets Spock really angry and he goes nuts and he attacks Kirk. And Kirk takes a bit of a beating here before <laughs> Spock finally comes to. Mm, this part made me feel uncomfortable. I didn't buy that Spock would fall for it, or even if he did be provoked to the extent of punching Kirk. It was all pretty basic yo mother stuff. <laughs> and he's endured plenty of racism and bullying before. Yeah, but now he his logic centers are mm. disengaged. So right. actually, I, it I could see. make sense that he would be easy to anger. He's open to him emotion now yeah Mm. and he doesn't have the practice to be dealing with emotions because he's been suppressing Mm. them for so long Mm. i'm just yeah arguing i'm just arguing on behalf of the show because i think it's a pretty good episode where nothing on the planet would necessarily have made him angry because everybody's all yeah happy spaced out and he's totally getting it on well yeah yeah what's there to be angry about Mm. so kirk's plan is to send out a subsonic wave that will induce anger in people via the crew's communicators Spock says that this should work, so they set to the task. And it is a really annoying sound, (laughs) isn't it? It would would make me angry. Mm, What sounds make you angry in real life? Repeated use of the word daddy. 
Daddy? First of all, it's like meant by adults. Daddy? 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 I can hear you. Just say. I can hear you. Just say what you need to say. I'm the only other person in the room. <laughs> Someone coughing over and over again on public transport or in a lecture or something. I feel bad. Yeah. But I also feel annoyed. You're also annoyed by yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I know what I, it makes me feel panicked is mm-hmm. hearing the, the rubbish truck coming down the street and realizing that we didn't put the bins out. We've had to do the walk of shame so many times <laughs> where because we live on a tiny little road, if we forget to park our car on a different street, then the whole rubbish truck can't get up our street. So everybody's bins are left at the bottom. And then we have to do the walk of shame carrying everyone's bins <laughs> all the way back up the hill. <laughs> two at a time. Yeah. So that's a sound I don't like to hear. Yeah. Car horns make me angry. Yeah. Hold music that cuts out and then I think I'm being answered. But then someone says, your call is very important to us. And it tricks me every time. I hate that. Yeah. Also, my last one is when children make a puppet whisper in my ear. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) That is really specific. So annoying. (laughs) It happens a lot in my job. (laughs) Back to the story, poor Layla is down there waiting for Spock when McCoy comes up and uses his communicator to check in on them. Spock beams her up to the Enterprise. She can see he's no longer under the influence. I love you. I said that six years ago and I can't seem to stop repeating myself. On earth you couldn't give anything of yourself. Couldn't even put your arms around me. couldn't have anything together there. We couldn't have anything together anyplace else. But we're happy here. I, I can't lose you now, Mr. Spock. I can't. I have a responsibility to this ship. To that man on the bridge. I am what I am, Layla. And if there are self-made purgatories, then we all have to live in them. Mine can be no worse than someone else's. I have lost you, haven't I? Not only you. I've lost all of it. The spores. Them too. The captain discovered that strong emotions and needs destroy the spore influence. This is for my good? Do you mind if I say I still love you? Oh. This scene actually brought me to tears. Yeah, it was down, really moving. Down my cheeks. Good, really good. Uh, the actor, Jill Ireland is her name, was so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of wrote her off for the first part of the episode. But this scene, mm. I just believed it. Oh, it, yeah. It was so flipping heartbreaking. Yeah, she'd finally got him, finally been able to make that connection with him and lost him again in the same day. I mean, I didn't quite realize until this moment of the show that the spores didn't make you do stuff. They just kind of released some inhibitions. So everything that they were doing was stuff that they would do. Mm. So when Spock said that he loved her, like when he first mm. turned, it wasn't like a manufactured love. It was. It wasn't. I love everyone because I'm high. It was. It, it was. He did. Love he her did love her. He had, had a suppressed her. love for mm. her. That stuff about self-made purgatory really resonated. 
Oh, a lot of people and probably ourselves included to some extent do have that self-made barrier to connections, relationships in some way that you choose to live with in for protection. But it also means that you lose out. Yeah. And for him, of course, that's amplified greatly. Uh, Yeah. But he loved her, but he was such a cold fish that she didn't even know his first name. (laughs) (laughs) They'd known each other for years, had they? Yeah. (laughs) It was a beautiful scene, though. I, I have to be honest, I didn't know Spock had any other name oh, right, until this yeah. episode. I just thought he was Spock. I thought he was like Madonna or, <laughs> or Cher. But, Mr. Madonna. But yeah, I guess he has, he's got another name that is mm. unpronounceable to humans. Mm. I felt sad for both of them, especially when she hugged him and he didn't even move. Yeah. Didn't even give her that awkward pat on the back oh, or anything. Yeah, it was, <sighs> it was rough. So much loss for both of them. Yeah. <sighs> They activate the transmitter and everyone starts fighting with each other and then the spell is broken. Sandoval, the leader of the colony, said, I had such aspirations and I did nothing for three years. Uh. What a waste. I I had this whole life planned out. I had a job that I wanted to do on this colony and nothing. All they did was grow a few plants enough to feed them. They were supposed to be there to feed nations where they on this agricultural planet, yeah, presumably. that was the point, and they did nothing. They did build and decorate the stables and homes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Once out of the spell, they all agree to go back to the starbase. McCoy throws away his full mint julep. I didn't buy that. No way, yeah. <laughs> no way. I, th- I thought he would down it, but yeah. I guess not. It's kind of funny because everybody's kind of sheepish with Kirk. <laughs> yeah, walk a shame. Yeah, because they're like, oh yeah, we mutinied. Sorry mm. about that. But Kirk, he's cool. He doesn't rub it into anybody's face. Mm. And then one of the saddest things I've ever heard on Star Trek happens. Oh, well, that's the second time man's been thrown out of paradise. No, no. This time we walked out on our own. Maybe we weren't meant for paradise. Maybe we were meant to fight our way through, struggle, claw our way up, scratch for every inch of the way. Maybe we can't stroll to the music of the lute. We must march to the sound of drums. Poetry, Captain. Non-regulation. We haven't heard much from you about Omicron Seti Three, Mr. Spock. Little to say about it, Captain. Except that for the first time in my life, I was happy. Oh, oh Spock. Oh, oh God. Oh, so beautifully written that piece. Oh my God. Oh, but Kirk, did we walk out of paradise? Or did you take it upon yourself to force everyone back to reality, including the people who made a happy, if unproductive, life there? Yeah. Well, that's the whole question of what is life? What's the purpose of, yeah. of living? Is it to be happy or is it to mm. produce? Or, I mean, that, let's we'll talk about that when we go, get into concepts. Firstly, I, as a kid, hated this episode. Oh. I was bored to tears. Mm. It was terrible. As an adult... I loved this episode. <laughs> I can't believe how good it was. It's a bit of a mix of Naked Time mm-hmm. and Return of the Archons, yeah, which we just had. But it takes elements of both of those, and I feel like it just makes a ultimately better episode. Mm, yeah. I only missed uh, Sulu topless with his swords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He had a perfect excuse for him to whip his shirt off again. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. But this episode was co-written by DC Fontana. Oh, of course yeah. it was. Uh, and it seems to have her all over it. Mm. The other author actually took his name off of it and put a fake name on there because oh. he felt his original script was 
not even really in there anymore. Oh, okay. So it's it's pretty much DC Fontana. <laughs> the title was taken from an F. Scott Fitzgerald novel, mm. his first novel, the, yeah. This Side of Paradise, uh, and that was about post World War One soldiers returning to normal life. I think the theme of the book is different, mostly about how one is happy to get home and feels relief, yet stuff still goes wrong. Mm. I think that's what the book is is more about. Maybe they just like the sound of the yeah. title. They but. like to choose iconic titles. And if anyone is aware that some of the themes have been brought into this episode, let us know. Oh yeah, please, yeah. please do. This theme seemed to be more about, we can't just be lazy and happy, we have work to do. The episodes so far are really hammering home that concept that bliss equals irresponsibility, lack of creativity and enslavement. But it was more complex this time. Yeah. We see them truly happy and living in a world in which that works, really. Yeah. They could have shown them so unproductive that people were starving or people who were in need were left behind, things like that. But actually, everyone seemed well and happy and taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were doing, they were making food. They were, showed lots of people working on the farms. They were doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. So this actually gets us into concepts. There is a lot going on here. Firstly, paradise might not be a good thing. I think Mm. it's a theme maybe that they were trying to communicate. Yeah. This was actually a big theme of H.G. Wells' novel, The Time Machine, with the Eloi and the Morlocks. We talked about this on my other podcast, H.P. Lovecraft Literary Podcast. At hppodcraft.com. Now on Patreon. Mm -hmm. When he goes into the future, there's this future society of the Eloi. Mm. They're happy, but they don't do anything. They're kind of really stupid because they didn't have to. And he's able to look at their research and find out that as society progressed, people worked less and less. Mm -hmm. And eventually they didn't have to work. So then people were just artists and designers and builders. But Mm. even then, they didn't have to do those things. But they didn't have a thirst for knowledge for its own sake. It's like, okay, you don't have to work. You get to be an artist. Mm. Because I don't have to be an artist and work on a project. Maybe this project before, if I was getting paid for it, would Mm. take me a week to do. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll take two weeks to do it. Maybe I'll take a month to do it. Same amount of work, just stretched out. I'll stretch it out. But then a week project now takes me six months to do. Or maybe I don't even finish it. Mm, Yeah. And that's what happened to the society in the time machine over a slow progression of time. Right. And things kind of just sort of fell apart. Over generations, that that way is modeled and becomes more emphasized. Yeah. What they didn't know is that the Morlocks that were down there working to keep everything running, making sure their food was going and all all that jazz, Mm. they were eating the Eloi. Ooh. So the Eloi were getting plucked out, but they were like, oh, well, I guess that's just something that happens because they were so conditioned to not be proactive. Oh, right. So that's a theme that's heavily in this. It's, you know, much more concise. But they had overcome the threat to them. The plants protected them from that. From that particular threat. But Mm. what if an alien invasion came in? They wouldn't have any. They wouldn't have no weapons. They have no protection. They're not paying attention to what's going on out in space. True. Forget that. An asteroid just comes in. On Earth, they've got satellites and things to detect it and ways to stop an asteroid. But there, they would just be wiped out. You can't live your life based on the fact that an asteroid might come. No. Well, right now, there's nothing we can do about it. My point is that there are threats. And when you're content, you're not paying attention to those Mm. threats. And that's what happened to the Eloi. And the mama plant might come and get her babies back. Then where where would they be? I don't know. I don't know. What Kirk is saying here, and I think the theme is, is that challenges bring growth or at least maintain strength, while comfort and lack of conflict bring weakness. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. To be in a challenge is to create a solution, I suppose. What is the point of life? Is it it happiness? That's the big question, isn't it? Nobody's been able to answer for all of us. Is it building things for the next generation? 
a couple of episodes ago where they wanted to preserve their culture and they were willing to let millions die. Yeah, that was the last episode. Yeah. Taste of Armageddon. Yeah. I personally don't see anything necessarily wrong with living in that colony except for the the fact of existential threat or outsiders mm. they could be being groomed though they could become so dependent on the plant that the plant could then ask them to do things like feed each other to the plant like obviously i keep thinking <laughs> of little shop of horrors but once they have no way to survive without it it could take on more power or someone has planted the plants there could then swoop in and take. Yes, could. But I, I want to look at it just on its face value. This is the information we've been given. Yeah, this, so this is what it yeah. says is that they've been there for three years. All the plants want to do is live in their bodies. They make them feel happy. They mm. protect them from the birthal rays and they cure any illness that they have. Yeah. Is that so bad? Doesn't sound. If nothing follows. Yeah. If that's just it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it just makes makes me think a lot. Mm-hmm. I suppose we've chosen to put happiness and time together over ambition, money, progress to a certain extent. And I don't wish to have a job that's any more stressful or pressured than the one I already have, I guess. It'd be nice to be wealthy, but mm. I don't, it's not important to me. Just it's important to get by and to spend time with the people that I want to spend time with. And yeah. My children and my wife and my, my friends and, and to make cool podcasts oh yeah that's fun for me to enjoy work yeah to enjoy what it is that i do so everyone has their own balance there don't they it's about the balance right yeah Yeah. speaking of balance spock being a vulcan he chooses not to have any emotions Mm. well i mean he says he doesn't feel sadness but maybe he does deep down underneath all that Mm. stuff it's a little strange because he's not all human i maybe i'm projecting my self onto him so maybe it's not as sad that last line isn't as sad as it sounds hmm. but it really sounds sad yeah, to me. <laughs> for him though paradise turned out to be kissing hanging upside down from a tree and serenely being disobedient <laughs> <laughs> so for concepts and execution of said concepts i give this one a solid 10 Woo! i think this is one of the best episodes of star trek i've yet seen on our reviewing for sure wow yeah. loved it I, I just loved it The spores allow people to achieve perfect health and even regenerate. So are they going to take samples for creating possible medicines and elixirs? Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. They should. Absolutely. And they said at the end when they were leaving that the effects after they left were still in effect. Oh, wow. So he still, you know, he had his appendix. His health was, everybody's health was still really good. Oh, really? Is that what they said? But he's going to be really pissed off if his appendix bursts on him again. (laughs) He's already done that. Yeah, I'm sure that it's not going to maintain. It's not supposed to be there, man. So is this an exploration of the writer's feelings about hippies, maybe? The Summer of Love 1967, mm-hmm. sexual freedom, drugs, altered consciousness, tune in and drop out, living mm. in communes, vegetarianism, opposing the Vietnam War, which the we know the writers are presenting a complex view of. Uh-huh. They even called them flower children. Oh, right, yeah. So it makes me think that it was a take on that. Yeah. An exploration, not yeah. necessarily coming down on it either I could see side. that, yeah. 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 Kirk was briefly the man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is a lonely place to be. Uh, Sure. I'll go for an eight. All right. So uh, entertainment, I thought it was funny. Uh, It was thoughtful. It made me cry Mm. because I connected to it on a very emotional level. For me, it's emotional and intellectual perfection. It's a 10. Wow. It's a 10. This is a freaking great episode. There were so many beautiful scenes that I really enjoyed, but it did drag at times for me. So I'm going to level out at an eight again. Mm. Now, for sexiness, Spock gets some loving, mm-hmm. but it's really bittersweet, the mm. whole thing. So I can't go very high on this. So it's a five. Yeah, five, five sounds fine to me. 
This episode is brought to you by Rachel is 40 years old. (laughs) And I've set up a little donation page on justgiving.com. So if anyone feels inclined to get me a little present, please would you donate on there to a charity called Childline, which children in the UK can call if they're in distress and um, receive some counselling or just a listening ear from someone impartial. Hmm. And if you're not yet a patron and you would like to go and see what bonus content is on there, Mm-hmm. please head over and check it out p-a-t-r-e-o-n patreon.com yeah. and look for Rachel watch star trek it's easy to find we'll put a link to my charity on the show notes yeah well oh my god that was a great episode i don't know how our next one is going to match up to that the next episode is one of my favorites as a kid mm. we'll see how it's going to hold up i think i've seen this as an adult as well and it's still a flipping cool episode oh. it's called the devil in the dark Ooh. yeah see you there for that yeah well rachel thank you so much for watching this episode with me thank you and thank you patrons for making this happen thank you so much i'm rachel lackey currently on recording a woman in her 30s <laughs> <laughs> Not for long. Not for long. See you in my forties. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Star Trek!